Hey, look at this. We got a connection without having to try for an hour this time. Yeah, fuck the mics. Fuck the cell phones. We're just nice and simple back to our roots of the IP address. I'm personally blaming Spotify, who took over our podcasting service. Uh, it's, it's their fault, but uh, here we are. Uh, another season has come and gone uh, in EBTBBY. Uh, you know, not, not much uh, beyond expectation, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I thought all these rule changes that, you know, that would lead to a lot of, you know, finally some equality in the league, you know, it would stop all of the, the cheating happening from people that are trying to play the game, you know, and, you know, let the, let the, the real managers rise to the surface. But Yeah, uh, look, and, 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 we'll, and we'll get to all that, but I think first let's start with the most important news of the week, which is Reese's has released a creamy and crunchy version of their Reese's Cups. Um, Ira failed... <laughs> failed the mission at hand to acquire them but i of course went above and beyond for the podcast listeners to try these uh live so <laughs> do you mind if i we just start here because i really just want to try them yeah of course you deserve to have some some victory here you should uh, have your reese's all right so i think i'm gonna start with the creamy because like i don't want to yeah. have the crunchy and then like yeah. i want so to for the, to- yeah for the uninformed we have the creamy reese's and the crunchy reese's have recently hit the market and Paul is now biting into the Reese's. Oh, just to paint the picture here, he's sitting over a fireplace in his backyard right now. So it's really the kind of setting where one's going to savor the taste, get every morsel, feel the night well, air on his tongue. I will say, and I don't mean this is specific to these creamy or crunchy cups, but the cuppage on this is very nice, hard outer shell, very, very crisp. Um, no meltage going on. This is like a, that was a great first bite. Um, Creamy is a scam. First, actually, let me let me let me just share this with you. They were only selling these in king sizes. So the whole concept <laughs> is that you're going to buy a king size of each. It was it was a deal. It was two for four. So I got four dollars for eight cups, four crunchy, four creamy. So it's actually a pretty good deal. But like they're they're trying to set us up for a scam down the road for sure. Um, the creamy tastes exactly like a regular Reese's. So scam number two. Creamy doesn't taste any different. That's bite number two. Tastes just like a regular Reese's. Hey, right. can, can we just get your biases? Are you more of like a creamy or crunchy peanut butter person? I, I am more of a creamy peanut butter person, but I will say I haven't really retried crunchy since my taste buds have like evolved, you know, meaning I haven't really had crunchy peanut butter since I was probably 12 when my mom bought it by accident. And uh, back then I was not not so... What's... Um, <laughs> I was, uh, I was a picky eater. Let's just say that. All right, let's, let's try this. Let's get into the crunchy here. I'll note that the shell's a little broken up. It looks up. like it has a little, like, uh, yeah. it has I'm going to go, I'm gonna go from the good side here. Hold on one second. I... Hopefully we get some audio in that bite. Is that upstairs, I think? Yep. Sorry about that. All right, let's see. Let's try it out. Mm, I didn't get any crunch. Mm. Thought we were going to hear a little something, but guess not. Uh, maybe a little. That's okay. nice. That's nice. Hmm. Mm. I mean, we're talking like like a Kit Kat kind of crunch. Describe no, the crunch so, for me. What's nice about it is it's more subtle than like the Reese's filled with the pretzel, or um. So like, okay, let's let's go over the ones that I've had a crunch in the Reese's recently. We've had the pretzel, um, which is good. We've had the potato chip, which. Barely tastes like anything. We've had the 
There's one I'm missing right here. It just crossed my mind. Oh, the Reese's Pieces. Come on now, Paul. The one with the Reese's Pieces? The one with the Reese's Pieces inside? Um, So this one, it's like a, it's just a simple, you know, it's like the same crunch. It's like the inside of a peanut crunch. So it's just like a little subtle crunch. The peanut, I'd say enhances the flavor. Mm. Hmm. Wow. So it's actual like peanut that you're crunching. Right. Oh man, that's okay. that's I'm gonna make a bold statement here. This Reese's crunchy has the potential to be the peanut butter M M&M and M of the Reese's franchise. Wow. Peanut butter M M&M and M wow, of that's the Reese's good. franchise. That is good. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, feel free to take another cup out. I mean, don't stop. Yeah, don't I, I think stop I have you. to. <laughs> That's pretty good. So crunchy dominates the matchup. Well, you probably should have gotten some standard ones so we could have properly assessed the creamy versus the standard. The creamy, tasty, the creamy is a, is the standard. It can't be the same. I'm telling there you, there has to be some. Difference. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's the same thing. Let's see that ingredients list off to Google or something. Do a little research. It's a scam. They, they scammed. But this crunchy is really good. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's really good. All right. Let's move on here. Glad now that we've gotten past the food news segment of the podcast. You're probably gonna need some water after that, I imagine. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm at the point with Reese's now that it's like it's it's part of my blood, so I don't really need any special <laughs> special uh, privileges. So, uh, where do we go from here? Do you want to do you want to start back in the league? Do you want to go outside the league stuff? What do, what do you want to do? Right, let's talk wife. So, how's how's your stomach doing? Is uh, the the digestive tract is a uh, is running properly nowadays? Well, as you can see by me indulging in, in uh, candies, I've had ha- had some wine this week. Uh, it, it definitely seems like it was this genetic family thing that I have and not any sort of like yeah, actual stomach issue. So, mm-hmm. yep, I, I, I think that's through the – hopefully I'm be- that's behind me. And, uh, yeah, I'm doing good there. Okay. Oh, nice. I didn't realize. Second kid, you get to have wine the first week? Man, this is uh... – Well, we got, we got the baby Quite... nurse here. So – which means we get sleep, like a full night of sleep. Um, I'm off. I basically told my work I was taking off through tomorrow because we have the brisk tomorrow for our, our family. Um, so, like, you know, I just said, like, I've been running a ton of, like, I've been to the supermarket like 800 times in the last week, basically. So, um, like, she's here, you know, extra set of hands. So, but we could sleep at night. So it's, it's pretty good. I'm not complaining. So when it's when it's just the two of us, I probably will not uh, be indulging in the wine so soon on, because I'll be up and uh, need to be need to be with it a little bit. So gotcha, taking advantage gotcha. now while we can. Have you been working on your uh, your chopping motion for tomorrow? How's the technique coming well, that, along? That's what the moils for, Ira. I mean, come on, they, they don't trust the the dads to do the, the snipping. Come on, they don't. You do any of that? I, I think it's like in the hospital no. you do it now. I don't think so. The, the the grandpa holds. That's like the whole thing you pay the moil for, dude. What's the moil? The moil. The moil is the snipper. The moil is the, the, the yes. The moil is the person that does the ceremony, does the circumcision. The professionals. Mm. You're not going to leave this to a dad. Come on. 
I'm just oh, whatever. There's like a We're whole. Husk, there's the there's like a whole. When it cuts the cord. I mean, there's like a whole works. like Moyle Facebook. You know, like Amy, Amy almost hired. So here, I'll give you the full story here because it's relevant to the league in some way. So Andrew recommended a Moyle, uh, maybe like two months ago. So I I, I called him. I, I got it all set up. He's like, yeah, just call me like you know the week before or like when the baby's born and you know we'll go through. So Amy, of course, in this interim time is like, well, he's not a doctor. Uh, yada yada yada. I want to find one who's a doctor. So she starts going down like this whole. She gets like two other names and she calls one, calls the other one. She likes them both. Then she finds this like Moyle reviews on Facebook, and like both of them had issues. I think where like they they cut too much off. Like one cut too much off. One cut not cut enough too much off. off. Yeah, and, well, and like that's too much. I don't know, man, but you don't want Do that. We to have happen. like a little, like a little, a little blood left but over, it, or like we're talking like two two different issues? parents, two different parents, and that he didn't cut enough off, and their kid had to go for like a procedure, like a like a like, like a surgery type thing to remove the rat because it's such a wow. small bit, yeah, because uh, there was like infection and all that. So <sighs> yada 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 yada. She's asking around, doing research. The best one is this one that Andrew recommended originally, but she didn't remember this because she doesn't listen to what I say. So she like. She's like, oh, I found this guy, Cantor K. I'm filling out the form online. I'm like, I'm like, is it Cantor Mark Kushner? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, that's the guy I reached out to. Don't stop filling out the form now. So long story short, we're uh, Holden. Holden will have the same uh, circumcision style as uh, Charlie will. So cool circumcision, yeah. bros. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought I think, of like a long, forever internal bond after that. That's right. That's that's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's exciting. Hope he does. A, hope he's ready for tomorrow. And it's the kind of thing you're never really ready for, I imagine. I don't think. But, yeah, no one's mentally prepared for it. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying not to think about it. Is that or is that what the glasses are for? So you're kind of blind to the whole. To oh yeah, so so, yeah. This is like, I guess like a few weeks ago, probably like a few months ago at this point. Like, like we were driving, and I'm like, ah, some signs look like a little worried to me. But like not not so bad that I can't see them or anything like that. Like while driving at night, and he was like, "Oh, you gotta get your eyes checked. Gotta get your eyes checked." So I go to get my eyes checked, and yada yada yada. I have twenty twenty negative vision, which apparently is slightly worse than twenty twenty. I don't really know how it works, but that I guess that's worse than my fifteen twenty that I had growing up. Um, so I have glasses for like nighttime and night driving and stuff like that. So it does it does seem to help. Like we were watching a some show or movie with sub uh, we were, creed three we could, we could go transition to that yeah, beautiful. Um, i was watching creed three which had some subtitles and it actually made it a bit clearer for me without straining um because like, i guess i guess you don't know that your eyes are straining at the time but uh yeah so i have them i'm not wearing them around too much but uh they it, it does it has seemed to make my eyes feel better at nighttime when i wear them so yeah that's that's the glasses you gotta bring the rec specs, man. See how your basketball court is. Uh, no, your no. court vision improves now. Maybe you'll actually be able to hit some like behind the back passes. Mm, that's more of a decision. Also, they work for my brain. I don't know if it's still gonna help with that. The, the decision making, you know, the accuracy is never <laughs> too bad. It's the decision making. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, welcome to the glasses club. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, yep. Big web yep. stuff for you. Big time. They tried selling me on like a. Like they're like, oh, these like six hundred dollar. I'm like, I'm gonna wear these like once Damn, a week. Fancy. If that, I'm like, no, I, I didn't get that. I got the cheapest one they had. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're 
you know, you've been gradually embracing the nerd culture, I feel like, as you like, you know, you shifted into like the IT world and coding and everything. And I don't think I leaned into it. It makes sense quite... now that you're a glasses man, you know, it just it's all coming together. I don't think I I don't think I quite leaned into it like Garrett did when he did his boot camp, but you know, you know, just 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 full on, but I guess I have to take a baby step. So here I am. I got glasses. Sometimes you're embracing loss now. You know, your kid's middle name is a loss. Yeah, Sawyer. Sawyer. We did not consider loss at all when when you know giving the middle name to our child. I, I will say that for J- Justin was really excited. He texted me also. Uh, you know, the lost all, all the lost all you lost people were pretty excited. So good for you, I guess. Uh, Elias forever. Screw JJ. This is why you should talk about the names with people so they can forewarn you when you're now you're gonna overlap something that you've been living your life trying to put down but. it's okay look you know i guess it's fine it's fine it's fine <laughs> no no no, no money us. no money's going to jj abrams for this it's it's okay it's okay <laughs> right okay fair enough all right uh, uh well yeah let's go back to creed three let's leave it aside for now okay okay all right should, should we talk we so, the... all right fine well, c- congratulations i guess on your win you guess uh it was pretty dominant um, yeah, it was very well deserved. I mean, there's really nothing. You yeah, can, like you can... so, I, I think it's pretty fair to say this is your best team ever, right? Like we, we talked about it a little bit on the last pod. I think it turned out like first off, let's just talk like you had like no. Like if we if we consider the fantasy fantasy gods a real entity, they were certainly on your side this season. Like you had no health issues in the playoffs. You got what did we say fifty seven games, fifty nine games, and like a fairly like you opportunity I I was, a week yeah, i was probably in the 60s that week but yeah no, i had a little like i had like anthony edwards and laurie market and sitting some days out um but nothing too brutal I had, nothing I had like nothing depth. like nothing like Jokic missing three games oh well, yeah look i had edwards miss three games i had laurie miss three games but you know the rest of the roster was healthy so you know i had the uh i had the strategic depth in place you know yeah, look, I, I thought I thought I was gonna get, get good karma for like dropping Kyle Kuzma early on in the week, like not even like trying to pretend like he's gonna come back. I dropped, I got rid of Bradley Beal, um, or did I already put him in the IL? Either way, he's he's done. I'm glad yeah, he's off IL, my roster. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, Randall went down. I think right during the match Randall went probably. down. Yeah, he, he uh, in the middle of a game, which is always the worst the worst kind of uh, fantasy in- injury. Just like first quarter, you know, four points, and then that's it. Um, and then he was out. But I actually didn't even wait to drop him. I just, I, I just knew that he was not coming back uh, if he came out in the first quarter of a game like that. And uh, so he's off the roster. Um, yeah, it was a tough sledding for me this that last week. I, I feel like I tried. I, I was making moves. I was waking up. Um, just, just things didn't, didn't go to plan. Your team was really good. Um, I'm happy. I'm, look, I'm happy with my how my season went. I, did I get a sternum? No. Uh, could I, could I've got a sternum if things broke right? Probably. Um, those are the breaks. Sometimes you know, those are the breaks. Yeah, it is a five semifinal or three, what three out of the last five years now you've been in the semifinals. So you know, it's a is that accurate? Then you can. That is accurate. Yeah, oh, nice. And actually, one of the years was 2019, which was the lost season. You know, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think you probably you would have won that year too. So yeah, I figure that's so what do you mean five. What do you mean the so lost? That season? was the year that the the COVID year. Oh, you're saying one of the years I didn't make it was that season. Correct. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I, would, I, I, and I was, I was, I was charging ahead that season too. I would definitely have made the playoffs over Andrew. So. Oh, yeah. 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 But, you know, third 2018, third 2020, and now second in 2022, which is uh, your high watermark since, you know, 2008. 
So it's uh... yeah, it's forward progress. And speaking of you know third place and, and not making forward progress, congrats to John on his third place victory. That seems to be kind of his penciled in spot. Um, just another year proving that like his ceiling is just kind of like a, a five four loss in the in the semifinals. You know. Yeah, John was cute. I mean, John made a couple of <laughs> trades this season with Justin, so you got to – at least he put a little bit of effort into things. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I and mean, John might need to push for more than five or six stats if he actually wants to, you know, win the championship. I think that's what it comes back to. He's definitely, you know, he's, he's a competitor. And I, and I personally probably will bring forward some legislation about uh, using, you know, AI scripts to make your moves for you at 3 a.m. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty clear. It was pretty clear this year that he was doing it. Um, You know, it's. I mean, I I have thought of like if so, like you could theoretically, if he shares his code, I've had I've actually had lots of issues getting. I've tried getting into the API and struggled mightily, despite watching like many different YouTube tutorials and all this stuff. Um, (laughs) But like we we could theoretically build this. I, I know this app that like works with APIs where like theoretically everyone could use it. Um, but I still don't really like it. Uh, you know, that's not really playing the game in my opinion. I don't, I mean, I, I don't really like that. We have 3am stuff in, in the first place, but uh, yeah, using a computer to, to do it for you. Uh, not, not, not a great, not a great concept in my opinion. Yeah. Well, anyway, something, yeah, I felt like the first season he was doing it, I let him have it, and then I felt like it's the kind of thing that should be put down the manager. Well, he, he he let it go under yeah. the radar. Only a few of us noticed he did it, like, and it, it didn't really have much impact. Um, although it's too late I, that I, I don't know, so, I don't know how you yeah, felt, yeah. but I don't know how you felt, but like, none of us were like, and, and look, I think I think one thing the postseason did prove is that the ten, the ten ad ad drops is the right number. Um, no one was like, there didn't seem to be insanity early in the morning this year for the ad drops. Um, part of it was there were no real great players that were coming available. Um, but I, I think, I think, you know, all of us would say it was probably pretty controlled compared to some past years. Right. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, yes, I'd agree with you just cause I mean, you know, you can't, you can't unload at the end of the week to try and have a perfect lineups every day. It was it was a weird postseason. I mean, the finals the finals having you know two days that were like two games happening is a pretty rare anomaly. Uh, I think that uh, was at the NCAA's. I forget what was inter- yeah, that's what, what it was. Like yeah, but you would, so, but you would think it was always happening. But I I don't know. It was really it was really impactful this year. The, the NBA really didn't want to compete with them. Yeah, so I mean that made the finals like a very like you can only do so much at that point. I mean. Yeah, I mean, if there was like no get, yeah. I mean, we could have if we had no moves. Yeah, we would have picked up some scrubs that day. That wouldn't have done much, and maybe each team would have had one big game from some random dude. But uh, yeah, and then I mean, like Durant and Eric, you know, didn't really show much in the playoffs, um, which was disappointing. Um, but you know, that's that's how the league went this year. Yeah, um, I think we're I think we're both looking for Durant to make a leap forward in the playoffs at some point, like. Just to just to get get himself over the hump, he, he can't seem to get himself to that semifinal game, uh, despite some pretty good roster constructions over the last few years. But uh, yeah, well, certainly this year. I mean, he had the best pick of the season with Shea, probably. I mean, I think in terms of like bang for your buck, and it, well, maybe JJJ. But I mean, Shea will be the best keeper probably out of the season, or at least D- I think Duran is staple for years to come. Now Duran's had the best advantage taking advantage of of that third keeper, right? Wasn't he? Didn't he draft Donovan Mitchell? Wasn't he did draft him back in the day, yeah. 
Yeah, and that was like his the third first keeper. year that it came into being or something. Uh, yeah. And, and he, he kept uh, him for like two seasons, two or three seasons. Um, so, so yeah, Duran, Duran, good at finding the late steel guards for sure. Um, you know, one thing it's just popping in my brain now, but like, you know, next, next year is going to be the year that's going to be weird. Next year is going to be the year with the, um, the plate, not the plan, the, uh, the mid-season, mid-season tournament. Is that coming next year? Or? I, I believe it's coming next year. Yeah, it's it's not clear yet how Yahoo's going to handle it, right? I mean, no, I guess no. they'll probably just have it count. I'm guessing like it's only like one extra game for a few teams, right? So I think yeah, the way but, it'll work out, it's not that impactful for. Yeah, maybe like maybe they'll, maybe they'll just like do like a double week like they do for for All Star currently, but who knows? Maybe that'll like stretch the season the right way. That maybe in the future we could like our our season can end a week earlier, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe we could end it a week earlier so there's less less nonsense at the end, but eh, that nonsense does make it a little fun and chaotic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I mean, yeah, stuff popped up the last few weeks, but I didn't find it to be too nonsensical. But I mean, it just comes down to this season. It was a lot more like the crap teams, like your like your Detroit's and your Wizards and Portland, the Mavs a little, but like they, even the Mavs were still playing until our through our season. Most teams were playing. The Spurs weren't playing, but yeah, it's there's always a little bit of looniness. I don't know. If you listen to like actual like fantasy experts, though, like you should be like having the playoffs like right up to the All Star break. <laughs> so yeah, we've I, kind of talked I, about that, but like yeah, like but then it's just like less fun because it's a short season, right? I mean, though that said, like yeah. it, to some degree, it would eliminate like every problem in the league, right? Because like most years, this year kind of m- most years we have like I don't know nine te- nine to ten teams that are competitive until around that time of the year. Um, like most teams are competitive through the first ten to eleven weeks of the season. Generally, in our league, yeah, I don't That's know been... about that one, but um, you, usually uh, look, it's like I... maybe six weeks of like teams being all right, and then you know, I would, I don't know, the bad teams stay bad. <laughs> like you don't uh, suddenly get motivated to. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I'm telling you, look at look at look at the last few years, and, and and we we've had we've talked on this podcast about you know record breaking parity up until this season. This season like broke everything, but generally it's been pretty good. So I don't know. Um, one more thing to deal with for, for the future. Look, I, I think I think the real thing going forward, guys, everyone I'm talking to now, is if you don't want Ira to win, the only way to keep Ira from winning is to not trade him. That's it. We just got to ice him out. Everyone needs to collude and ice him out. Like, why are like this should be like Moneyball when Billy Bean started when everyone started realizing Billy Bean was Moneyballing them, they just stopped trading with him for a few years. Like that's what needs to happen here. You need to be iced out of the trade market, and that and that should be it. Like yeah, you'll have your edge drops, you'll have all that, but you won't be able to do your fancy, you know, Excel Excel trading. People should realize if you're trying to acquire this person at the value that you're willing to pay, it's gonna it's you are gonna win the trade. Just in the long run. Oh, come on now. You don't think that both managers go in the trade? I, I think no, they... not, not not when you won. How many championships have you won in the last seven years now? Uh, I don't know, like five, five and seven? Like yeah, yeah. Uh... No, that means you're winning the trade every time. That's what I'm saying. On paper, you may not win the trade, but it's going to result in you winning the championship. You just need to be iced out of the trade market. There's no rule that's going to fix this. Yada, yada, well, yada. People, people want to get... People want to get something for their assets, and I have goods to give. I mean, I think that's kind of the, the reality. I'm a, I like to make deals. Okay, but that's great. Then, then, then every year, look, if we, we all just need to agree, like, hey, you know what? We'll sacrifice an asset or two for you, especially with the Conley Cords. You can get the, the asset value from anybody at this point. 
uh, at this point, just ice you out of the market and let somebody else win. That's what needs to happen here. You would think it's tough. I mean, look at Justin this season. The guy was dying to trade with somebody. Nobody wanted this. Yeah, season. but that's yeah. Well, this that's... year, no one, everyone was trying to get out. That was that was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> really a weird. Yeah, this, this year will go down. It's like one of the strangest ones. Um... <laughs> uh, it, we, we talked about it a little bit so far. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, this is just a year. Like no one was interested in playing. It seemed like it was like. You know, I was even worried if I won. It was like it was gonna be like an asterisk year where we're like, like, oh, the year that no one gave a shit. Look, it may be like this going forward. Hopefully not. Hopefully people kind of like you know, re reinvigorate. But like, look, this is a good part to talk about Levy. Like Levy, you know, Levy had his paternity leave year. He should have been he should have been making moves early in the season this year. And just another dead dead year for Levy, doing absolutely nothing. Um, you know. Do you think it's time for Levy to be on some sort of probation like Dan had been for many years? I I would say another season that's like this. I would I'd have to consider something. I don't know, or maybe he needs like another an assistant manager or something to you know help get him back uh, back to a respectable level. I mean, it's it, things have gotten ugly. We're talking about a team that's now gone. He went eleventh this season, eleventh year before that, seventh, eleventh, and eleventh. So I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Four out of five years of 11th and no playoff appearances. I don't know. This is a manager that was like half and, decent and, for a long time. Yeah, he had a long run of like having a powerful team that look didn't didn't go as far as he wanted to in the playoffs, but had had very 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 good rosters for many years, alternating years. Right, he he did take advantage of the 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 trading out policies, but he he did it well. Right, he was always getting his team in a spot where where he had like everyone was kind of afraid to play him. Um, you know, he seems like a guy that would benefit from this new model of like, you know, limited moves in the playoffs. Um, but I don't know if he's buried himself so far in a, in a hole and kind of like, and we talked about this before too. Like, at some point, you just need to say, like, I need to be a competitive manager. And it, like, it's, it's a muscle you need to flex throughout a season or two. You can't just kind of like pick up and do it. It's not, it's not, just, it's not like a natural thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at some of the, his level of activity the last few seasons, we're talking about 16 moves, 21 moves, 24 moves, you know, that's like a move a week. Uh, so it's pretty, pretty slim stuff. Yeah. 28 moves. And like, honestly, his draft wasn't even that bad this year. He got Kawhi in the 10th round controversially. Nick Claxton, he took in the 11th round. Yeah. Karius Levert in the 12th. He didn't have a horrible season. I don't know. It's uh, Harrison Barnes in the ninth, Queen Capella in the eighth. Like yeah, the Capellas have pretty value bad. pick this year too. Yeah, yeah Capella wound up I mean, returning what like fourth round value, third round value. Probably fourth or fifth round value. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was a solid year for him. He was actually underrated for once. Yeah, not that I know. How, not that I know what, what value. Early. Sorry, not that I know what what value anyone returns anymore because Yahoo's ranking system is so wacky, and depending on what button you click, it comes up with a totally different number. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Capella was good. I mean, yeah, look, Levy, Levy suffered again from like what bad managers suffer from is when you have five guys injured on your roster, you need to make some drops. Like you, you can't just hold all these guys as dead weight. You got to have a backup plan. You got to, you got to react. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, he's not flexing the muscle. So it's, it's uh, unfortunate, as he said, for a guy that was competitive for so long, to just be stuck at 11. And look, like to his credit, Dan has like, Dan actually, Finished nicely in the consolation bracket, didn't he? Let me take a look. Uh, it's been a while. Ooh, and they changed their format. Yahoo, I like this. 
no, I, I'm wrong. Dan Dan finished in tenth place, but you know, not. I'm probably just wrong here. But like, <laughs> Dan, you know, Dan came in tenth place for four thirty nine win percentage, which is not like atrocious. Um, again, maybe the strength of yeah. schedule wasn't so bad this year. Uh, but like competitive wise, you know, like the, I mean, the league, the league records actually, there was a lot of balance if you like look from like third to 11th, uh, or like third to 10th, you know. I mean, then yeah. we're talking about like a 431 percentage of Andrew to a 569 at a Justin. So, I mean, I mean, there was a lot of parity this season, but I mean, the moves were very low when you look at like the Garrett's and the Dan's and the Levy's and the Corey's. Duran had a reason not to make so many moves, but I mean, he also just was negligent with his roster. I, I would actually push back. I don't think it was really parity this year. I think it was more of like a perfect bell curve. Like, I don't remember a year where everything, everyone was kind of like so displaced in like, like you don't have, there's no bunch up at six, seven, eight. There's no bunch up at like 10, 11, 12. Like, like there's just like, there's just sprinters room. Like there, there's like a room between everyone. No one was sprinting for a position. In any spot, like it, it was kind of nuts, but um, yeah. Look, I hope, hope, what's, I think we're just gonna, you know, take this year, throw it in the waste bucket, you know, burn the tape, and hopefully next year will be a better year. <laughs> yeah, no. Hopefully the league can uh, make a comeback. And you know, I thought with the, with the off season here, you know, it was a good time to take a little a look at like some of the draft results from last season, try and understand what uh, draft picks could do for teams. Um, you know, I talked about my team, you know, because I felt like there were some ha- some haters, you know, back on the, <laughs> the U.S. side of things after I took home my title. Tried to, you know, do a simple layout of how my team came together. You know, I think it's worth wondering, like, what you can get out of the draft. Um, so I did a quick analysis of the rounds um, that I set over to Paul as well. And I'll just do a quick run through of, like, the late rounds in the draft, what kind of players come out of it. So this season, the 15th round, there was, like, one good player to be had. Emmanuel Quickly, one okay player, Kevin Herter. Um, you see the same kind of pattern happening in the 14th round and the 13th round um, with, like, one good player in each round, like, one or two okay players. Same thing in the 12th round. Um, then you swing to, like, the 11th round, um, 10th round, we had about four half-decent players to be had. You know, that's, like, where you have, like, your Jaron Jacksons, your Nick Claxtons, Paul Gattacongwu. Uh, I think Dinwiddie went to, like, Duran at this point. Um, and then, like, once you get to, like, the ninth round, and from there, you actually get, like, some talent. So I would argue, which I think Paul has analyzed over the years, that, like, these late-round picks, very hard to get good players at this point in the draft. Um, and, you know, so you have to wonder, like, how teams – that do well historically, but don't have any early picks like a Justin or myself, a lot of years are able to actually make good teams happen. Um, and in that regard, I would just like, I just pulled one player as an example of like how you need to look at like a whole fantasy season, like Kelly Oubre Jr. Who spent all year on Garrett's team. Um, I think he finished like in like top 80 overall. Okay. And, you know, he, he was going for like 20 points for the year. Um, five rebounds, like 1.2 steals, um, and he shot, like, okay, like mid-40s. But, like, when you look at his whole season, like, he basically had a good 35 games from October till December. Then he broke his finger, didn't he? 
correct. He then got hurt <laughs> and missed six weeks, which is like okay. pretty normal nowadays in our fantasy landscape. And I mean, this guy's on Garrett's roster all season. At that point, he probably should have been a drop. And he wound up coming back and playing 13 games down the stretch for, you know, the tanking Hornets in no man's land. But like, I don't know, like these are the kinds of, like most players are like Kelly Oubre, where it's like, you're going to have a couple months where you produce like mid round to like late round value. That's like pretty useful. But like in the long run, you're like a top hundred player. You're the same as any other guy you can pick up off the waiver wire. And like anybody at the end of the draft can do a Kelly Oubre for a couple months. So like being able to like manage your roster, just like regularly throughout the season, so you avoid those like five injured player setups that we were harping on with Levy, makes a big difference in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty clear that these guys are not irreplaceable, um, especially when they're when like your top guys are gonna be your top guys that are gonna carry your team all season, and these guys are just support, and like you could you could have. You know, a guy or two give you 95% of what Kelly Oubre gives you, and it's better than having, like, uh, you know, a wasted spot on your roster. Um, it's, it's the same argument I've been making for years now about guys who, like, keep keepers who have had an injury that's going to keep them out till like, December of a year. Like, you only, like, your keeper windows are, are so small that, like, someone else is going to replace them in the top 24. Like, you don't need to keep guys beyond their, beyond their prime. You can always acquire another keeper. So like, like we've and we've both of us have now said this for like a decade. Like, the best skill in fantasy is health. You know, you could always find a replacement. Like, no one people had to get rid of. Like, Kev, maybe Kevin Durant's the exception. Everybody else is like, and even even he wound up being dropped and, and kept in a later round, right by Trev. Um, so, like, you know, there's no reason to hang on to people once they're they're you know they're not going to be out are playing in the next month unless you really have a roster that affords that luxury. Um, so I'm, I'm totally with you there. Uh, I, we're, we're certainly on the same page. Um, as, far yeah. as, you, as far as what you're saying about my analysis, like it, it, I think it supplements what you're saying with like where, where they're good players and not what it really is, is even if you have a loaded draft board, what tends to happen at the end of the day is that uh, moves during the season are the thing that correlates with, with success in the league. Um, not, uh, not, not, you know, where your like total aggregate draft position is. Um, yeah, it's good to acquire picks, but like at the end of the day, if you're not going to do the work and make the moves during the season, it's kind of for nothing. Um, uh, you know, oh, you have the loaded draft board, fine, but we've talked about it also. Like, you have a loaded draft board and you're not making moves during the season, come playoff time, you're not going to understand the rhythms of ad drops and you're going to screw yourself basically. So, uh, yeah, I think think we're in the same spot here, Ira. Yeah, and as I will say, next season should be a, a pretty interesting one for the league. I mean, I don't know, maybe the flavors are still too uh, too familiar for most people to like a ton, but I mean, we're talking about Andrew and Justin having the most loaded draft boards uh, come next year. So, and yeah, Andrew is the last person, or Justin won the title last season. And Andrew took a, the last title home before that. Uh, that wasn't me. So uh, that's an interesting potential rivalry chased down for the top seeds next year. Um, yeah. So yeah. And by the way, look, and by the way, what that means is that like if you're not Andrew or Justin, you're you're already not a favorite to win next season. So like all all the people that think that they were t- they, that they were tanking for next year, you know, no, you're behind the eight ball because those guys are in better better shape than you. Um, I think Andrew has something to prove next season. He's kind of had a few 
rough patches. Um, I think he's he's still putting in the work. He made 150 moves this season. Um, so I think Andrew with a loaded roster uh, and and someone who generally knows knows how to pick him. You have to add that data into your uh, into your analysis, Paul. I think that might. <laughs> I still think the moves the moves equation that you calculate might just be skewed because of Justin and me. But uh, uh, it's a little skewed. But I think I go by if I remember correctly how I did it, it was by regular season wins, not by playoff performance. Hmm. Okay. And there were other yeah. teams that helped it out, like even okay. even teams that weren't making like intergalactic amount of moves were still showing better than than everybody else okay yeah i could believe it but uh yeah no it should be a fun next season with uh i think andrew justin kind of returning to their more dominant ways that they tend to be olivia has a few picks maybe so we could see something from him uh yeah and you know Chubir was trying now which was nice to see maybe because we'll, after let, the let's, see, season. let's see if he's let's see if he could string it together for two seasons uh, I, i'm skeptical <laughs> if, if he's proposing if he's proposing trade limits on you which allegedly he's doing you know based on what you said last podcast uh you know i don't know if he has the stomach for it anymore but we'll, we'll see maybe i'm wrong yeah. we'll see oh it could be an off year for me and you you know so it's, uh, oh yeah you're thinking think... off year. yeah okay <laughs> well, maybe, maybe this is the year that you finally trade Jokic to me it's up to you yeah. i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> no no like it's funny like I had no bitterness towards him for missing all these games in the last two weeks of the season. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, I'm here because of you. I can't really, you know, be upset now that, that you're, that you're faltering on me, but yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't like go up Anthony Davis now. I, I like kind of like want to lean like the Darius Garland direction and let AD go. But I don't know. We just took on the title together. I feel like it's, uh, I don't know. Bad, bad omens. If I was to, if I was to break up, break up with him with, after that, but we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I think Conley Accords were. I personally, I have no problem with the Conley Accords. Though I think it's doing its job, and uh, you know, let it stay. But I don't know what your thoughts are. Oh no, I totally agree. I think I think it's eliminated the problem. I don't think undoing the Conley Accords uh, or or loosening them really makes much sense. Um, you know, I I like to hear what the strong argument would be for that. <laughs> like, if, if the concept was to reign in the wild wild west, it's done that. Um, I don't really see any like restricting of trades going on that like that aren't bogus trades anyway. So like, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, and honestly, it's made the market move a little bit faster. Like there's not so much time. It doesn't take so much time and energy to get a trade through because like you kind of know what your basic value is going to be. And uh, you know, like, you know, generally there's one person in every deal that knows how to, how like the gap is supposed to work. And, and I don't know, it's just, it's just fast. I, I like it. Works on a lot of levels for me. I think that worked. I think the ad drops work. Um, you know, again, I don't think there's any rules that will make everyone magically have more fun again. Uh, I think maybe it's an aging thing. <laughs> um, maybe maybe we need a shakeup. I don't know what that is. Uh, you know, I don't know that going like I talked about before the extreme of like a, a dynasty league. I don't know that people are going to be more bought into that. I think people, uh, you know, uh, look, look, maybe maybe people are just kind of like over fantasy basketball a little bit. Hopefully, hopefully the joy oh, comes man. back. Yeah, I mean that's just Shots how it feels. Fired from Paul, that's yeah. how it feels. Does it not feel that way to you? You see the championship, then all, then all the then all the pain goes away. No, no, I, dude, I, I'm still I'm still locked in. I, it's not a problem for me. I'm just saying, like, you know, you know, I don't know. Is the solution like 
what I kind of always thought it was, where you have like a pro rel pro- promotion relegation situation, so that people like take a year off, basically. I don't know. Um, no one seems to like that idea. Like, like the maybe the Bill Simmons League works, where like you vote someone out for a year, and then like you know, then there's some drama uh, that goes goes along with that. But like that doesn't punish you for being a bad manager. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Like. And look, I think individuals ebb and flow too, right? Like people, people go through waves of like yeah. being into it and not into it. Um, like I feel like Corey's been fairly, like maybe not this year so much, but like the, the two prior seasons, he seemed to be checked in. Like Levy's had years of being checked in. Dan's had years of being checked in. Um, like to run for, he's not finished well, but like he's checked in. Eric, he, he, he kind of plays how he's always played. Like, so it, it's not that bad. It's just not like, look, we don't have time to, here's the reality, right? Like it'll never be as fun as it was like in, in 2009, 2010 when we all had we were all on our laptops in college all the time and just like shit posting on the message boards for for hours at a time, right? Like it's never, that's never going to come back, unfortunately. Like that's just like you know we have we have other group chats and all that stuff now. Um, so it just kind of is what it is, you know. It's a it's a fun it's a fun competition. It's still I think it's still fun meeting up for managers meeting once a year. Um, you know, yeah, for for, so. for draft night and all star and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just it's just you know life moves on a little bit. Things are different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we shall see. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling a little more motivated now, so we'll see. We'll see what. Oh, interesting. Brings us. Yeah, uh, motivated in what way? Just, uh, just the, the I don't know, just the the frustration and disappointment is uh, you know kind of disseminated. I just think you know I'm a I'm a little more. Easy going about my fantasy nowadays, so I don't know. We'll see. I think you've come to terms, maybe. Like, it, I think you went through the stages of grieving with this league a little bit. Like, you know, you, you were sad that, like, no matter how hard you tried, you couldn't rescue it. Um, but like, I think you're in a good place now. I do think that. I, I, I've seen, I've seen the anger kind of seep out of you, and it, it's, uh, you seem in a better place. Winning helps, but you know, for sure. We'll see what we can build, but yeah, we'll have to get the managers meeting on the uh, the calendar for this summer. Um, yeah, I think it's better to do it when it's a little fresher. And yeah, we always say that. Might, it, might it is true. Rhythm. It is so, true. Yeah. I'll take the bull by the horns and try and get some things uh, in order. Uh, but all right, what else do we have to cover today? I don't know. I think in terms of the league stuff, oh, uh, I mean that one format you were sending around. What did you email yesterday? Oh, it was, it was more just like a. It, this is fun that they're doing it. Fantrax is doing a. Oh, basically, right. they limit like, how many. Yeah. They, they kind of like limit your roster. For the playoffs, yeah, um, different kind of concept. Fantrax is good, like gameplay concepts, but as Corey mentioned, the UI is terrible. Like, um, yeah. th- like that will result in the league dying in about three minutes. So <laughs> if you go to Fantrax, I know we've discussed Fantrax in the past too, but. It's uh, not great. Strange. Yeah, you would think, can we just do a fan track soccer merger and be done with it? I can scoop ESPN while they're at it. And, you know, just like let the fantasy community come together. Yeah, Yahoo just doesn't care about fantasy basketball. That's the reality. They, but they make too much money on fantasy football. I'm like the, I think they make too much money on the daily stuff. I, I, I would honestly bet within the next three years, they get rid of our style of fantasy basketball game and just, just have the daily, like the daily fantasy. Ah, I, I, yeah, I'm still like the, the the premier option. I think for our style, of, I can't imagine. Yeah, but I don't think they want to maintain it. <laughs> I really don't. They don't maintain it, but it still functions. I mean, it's very easy at this point to just keep the servers running and you know, like just rotate the players in. That's basically all they have to do. I don't know. 
It's not like they're actually troubleshooting problems as they arise. No, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, what else we got, Ira? What else we got here? Uh, hey, did we want to talk top pick targets next season? Or you want to leave that aside for now? I mean, uh, I think we should leave think... aside for. I think I think let's let's come back like after managers meeting, break down managers meeting, and we could talk about like, you know, because well, but but then we'll have some more roster news, like where guys wind up, and then then it'll be good good to talk about some of these picks as a, a lead into the next season. That's my thought. Okay, you go yeah, with, that? with that. Is there anyone? Yeah, is there I'm, anyone? I'm... No, there, there's one good person. Well, let's let's talk about this. Where where do we think Wembenyama is going next year? Like, do we think he's going to be like the first overall pick? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think whoever gets him takes him. I can't imagine. Like, like, so, like, all right, you have a bunch of names here, right? Of like guys that could potentially be targets. You have Fred Van Vliet, Darius Garland, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Williams, McCall Bridges, Chris Paul, which we, we all know he's not going to be a top, right? Jimmy Butler, Walker Kessler, Demar, uh, Brunson, Paul George, and Victor. It see like, I think Victor's gonna go first, and he he would be the I think he'd be the first rookie to go like that high. Uh, I mean, did Zion Eric... Zion Zion was like either the end of that round of round three or like the beginning of round four. Like uh, like towns, I don't know if like I feel like Eric always like to go for the rookies. I don't know if like, he used he used to he used to for sure. Or... He became like the me once. I don't know that AD was quite that high. I think people weren't unsure about his position. Like people thought it would take him a year. Like it took KD. Um, but like Victor seems to me, and also back then I think we may have had three, I guess just, yeah. three uh, trainers at the top. Trey or Kyrie might will be out there. I, don't know. I guess they would be. Yeah, I mean, I, I Trey, Trey's a maybe. Like Trey, Trey could probably go over Victor. But like, I mean, if it's me, I'm taking Victor there. I think. Yeah, I mean, you have to wonder how like healthy that guy could stay, but I mean, yeah, I mean, right. it is, is, it, is, is it gonna be like Chet Holmgren where he gets drafted and hurt like in summer league, basically, right? But I mean, he's played a full season over at over in France. Like he's that's the thing. Like it's not like Luca has proven like if you could have a successful like seasons in in Europe as a young guy, it it means something because it means that you've you've won over some coach that hates youth, uh, and you're playing against grown men. So I don't know, man. I. I think he's the real deal. I think he's going to go easily within the top three picks. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, well, it should be interesting. I guess LeBron will be out there. I don't know. But, yeah. I don't think That's wild. This will be the first time LeBron's not been kept, right? Uh, I think John got him last. Or did John draft him? Or somebody, I think he drafted him last season. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that would be like his first time probably. He's finally no longer a, a sellable keeper. But, yeah, uh, it should be a fun lottery. I mean, uh, God, if Andrew gets – I think Andrew has the top odds, or is it Garrett with the top odds now? Well, um, if Andrew gets the first pick, I, I would bet my house that, that he's taking Victor. Like, <laughs> definitely taking Victor, definitely trading him within three years. But, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Well, he's definitely not taking Jimmy Butler, I'll tell you that much. He'll wind up with him again, but uh, he's not going to take him. Drew had a good season, actually. Got to give, give the guy credit, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with the Heat in the playoffs. But they always make something happen. All right. Uh, did you want to get? What do you want? I have a few more things here on the rundown. Uh, was there anything else you need to add to the list? Or no, I, I, I think I think we'll follow, finish up with your stuff. Okay. All right. 
I thought in honor of uh, Charlie's arrival, I don't know if we need to recap anything else in the experience, or do you think we covered it all at the top? Any uh, any initial reactions? Any observations for the crowd? No, again, we had the baby nurse for like two weeks, so it's like real life hasn't set in yet. Um, <laughs> like the sleepless nights and all that kind of stuff hasn't set in. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's very nice right now. Okay, all right, glad to have it. All right, so I thought I thought we could do a little like I'm trying to like steal from the JJ Reddick podcast, you know, uh, the classic like draft style of things, you know, where you know the fans will have to vote on who has the best draft after the fact. But figured we could do like a little like Charlie's in the world's drafting here. So you know, I was thinking like maybe like three three on each side, do a few each of us, you know, make three picks, go back and forth, snake order, you know, classic Yahoo style. Okay. Um. And I'll leave it to you. Do you want you want first pick or you want uh you want the second two? I'll take the second two. Take the second two. All right, all right. Uh, first. And pick. I have not I've not really done enough research on this to be honest. I'm gonna do it yeah, as you're talking little, here. All right, Paul. You can pull up a little list. It's quite easy to find I mean, in Charlie's I, of the I, world. I have I have like the num- my my number one pick in my my brain. So, uh, and we should probably make a clear rule here. Like they need to go by Charlie, right? Like it's not like. Like if they go by Charles, he's not Charles. He's Charlie, so it has to be oh, someone that goes by Charlie, right? Will he not be going by nicknames, or is he only he's a he's a, he's just a formal Charlie? That's how it's going to be. Well, like, like here's a perfect example. Like like Charles Barkley goes by Charles and Chuck, but he's yeah. he's not a Charlie, right? So okay. like I think right. I think he's excluded from the list. All right. Yeah. That's that's fair. That's fair. okay. All right. So who's your first pick? All right. Who's the I number think... one overall Charlie? Uh, number one overall, Charlie. All right, I think I'm grabbing. I'm grabbing like the prominent name here. I think who, I probably like. St- I think would stick out as like the biggest personality here. We're gonna find in the list. So I'm gonna grab Charlie Sheen with the first overall pick in the Ooh, Charlie draft. Not not what I would expect from you, Ira. Very nice. I, yeah, I feel like oh, I did my research for this one. You know, I was gonna mess around at a Charlie draft. Uh, <laughs> If I only had a first pick in a draft, I'm going to use it well. So, yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, the most the most raw personality you're going to find on the board. Um, a lot of the Charlies to come, diverse backgrounds. This guy, you know, most more still American, most real, uh, maybe the most authentic Charlie. All right. Well, look, I, I think you, you – you, not a bad one, but I think, you know, you dropped the ball here, Ira. You know, number one is obviously Charlie Brown, and that's my oh. first pick. Greg and Charlie uh, Brown. Uh, okay. This is this is a good time as always to add that I played Charlie Brown not once but twice in uh in in musicals, uh once in the fifth grade oh, production wow. in Warren's Offer. Which if Andrew listens to this, he's gonna be like, there were three of you, which he's right. Then I, I went on to star as Charlie Brown by myself in the Lakeview production that summer, so uh, got got a lot of use out of that costume. Um, so yeah, Charlie Brown, uh, pretty pretty good one I think. Not the best athlete. Never really given the chance. I assume he would, if like we were playing, you know, tackle football, he would probably be the one man on the team also that uh, refuses. That would be like the the safe don't tackle person, you know. I feel like you and him have a have a lot in common there. He never had the chance, Ira. We'll never know. We'll never know. I I think my next pick, uh, is Charlie Chaplin. Oh, Charlie Chaplin. Okay. Uh, probably the most famous Charlie that there is out there. Yeah, and probably at a time when there were no Charlies. It was just, you know, everyone was Charles back then, you know? You got to imagine. But, uh, yeah, uh, an innovator in film, uh, silent films, and um, 
you know, early comedy pioneer. So let's go Charlie Chaplin. Okay. Okay. I have a few, I have a few Charlies in mind, but I think, uh, all right, I'm going to go with, I'm going, actually the first one that came to my mind when, when Charlie popped into the equation is, it kind of reminds me, it kind of reminds me again of you a little bit. This guy, you know, this guy kind of had it all, which I feel like you would have loved to have had as a young athlete growing up. And, you know, but but still had to run into his statue limitations just like you did. Like you couldn't even get on the football field. But, you know, this guy was a Heisman quarterback. And I'm taking Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, obviously an, an excellent Knicks point guard for probably a decade. I mean, I don't know. Probably not many. I don't know if there's a better Knicks point guard. I guess. I mean, John Stocks is more of a shooting guard. I don't know. I don't know. He might have to be like claim the position as, you know, unless we're going back to the seventies or something. I don't know who's out there, but you know, I feel like Charlie Ward, you know, all all game, all focus, um, motivated athlete, jump sports without an issue, you know. Some people it'd be hard to go from being, you know, the most dominant quarterback in college football to you know, just being like a solid fourth, fifth starter. But uh he did it with he did it with class. He did it the right way. Different time that you Different time that your point guard could be the fourth or fifth starter, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, nowadays, I mean, yeah, point guard's got to score, point guard's got to pass, point guard's got to do it all. But, uh, yeah, he's a good dude. Good dude. Got along with Chris Childs well, you know, just great guy. Um, all right, next pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a couple in mind going back and forth. All right, you know what? I feel like this is a good pick. I think it'll counter your Charlie Brown grab. And I'm going to grab Charlie from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Um, you know, I think he's got a great imagination, you know, a rags to riches kind of kid. Uh, good modesty for the squad. Obviously, I mean, I'm a big chocolate guy. I prefer Hershey, but I mean, Wonka's, you know, kind of it has like that family characteristic to it. And, uh, you know, we have we get the Oompa Loompas. I mean, I think that's a plus. Um, science that comes with the chocolate factory. Uh, yeah, Charlie. <laughs> the science, I love it. Um, I'm going to go with my last pick, and I just think I won this draft, honestly. Um, I wouldn't say he's like the most famous Charlie yet, but he's, he's on the rise. Uh, he's been on the rise for quite some time. Um, I'd say uh, Amy's a huge fan of his, uh, but obviously we all are huge fans of his as, as he wrote the seminal uh, song from the entire Fast and the Furious franchise. I'm not talking about uh, Don Zacruto. I'm talking about um, See You Again from Furious 7. Uh, the, 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 the song that rocked the nation. Uh, and, and that artist is Charlie Puth. Charlie Puth. I can't say I know the name, but I have to look up Charlie Puth. Okay. Hmm, this fella. He's young. Okay. Charlie yeah, you would, you, would know his, you would know his songs. He's had a bunch of, uh, bunch of big hits. Okay. By this point. All right, so this, this is the Fast 7 song? He, he like wrote that send-off song? Or is the, yeah, he's, he's the one that sings, it, it, it's been a long day without you, oh, my man. friend. Yeah. 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 I, I, I was tearing up just just hearing that little hook right there. So, yeah. That was good. That was good. Did you have that one in your back pocket, or you just pulled that out at the end? No, it's been in my back pocket. Yeah. I, I like my board, man. Different. I like my board. Charlie Brown, Charlie Puth. I don't even remember my second. Oh, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, it's just a... It's a it's a it's a it's a then and now it's a, it's a then and now board man. I like yeah, you got the you got like the no talkies, black and whites. You got the the newspapers with the peanuts. 
And now you got like the modern, you know, mega franchise. Hmm. That's good diversity. Good diversity. Charlie. Good. It's, it's yeah. Cover, cover it's a, a lot of ground. <laughs> it's, it's a, a name. name. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we, we easily could have drafted Rocky films instead of uh, doing, you know, Charlie's today. But, you know, we figure we give you a shot. It's one moment on the podcast until it hurts the roster one day. Yeah. And we rip up the shreds for his uh, moves. So, uh, Creed three, uh, I was too jumpy, so I saw it without you. And you recently, <laughs> just it, it, it is funny. So I'll just tell everyone, like, so like the Friday, I don't, it was like, it was like seven o'clock, and I like, like for whatever reason, this movie like didn't feel as promoted to me as the other ones. Like it wasn't like I wasn't seeing it everywhere, and uh, I just like realized it came out, and I'm like, so I text Iron, I'm like, hey, are, like, do you want to wait to see this together, or, or have you seen it? Already? I'm pretty sure, like, like I had mentioned it to you before, but yeah, I just you, you had mentioned it to me, but like you, there was no plan to like go see it or anything. But so you're like, uh, I just came, I just you just came out of the theater as soon as I texted you at like seven thirty or something like that or nine o'clock. I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess uh, I, we've talked a little bit about it, but initial impressions I think from both of us are like solid movie, uh, some flaws. Um, to me, Creed One is the gold standard of at least the Creed movies. I, I personally think it's the best of all the Rocky movies. Creed One, yeah. but well, I mean, oof. Hey, it's it's really hard to. I don't know. Honestly, the Rocky, the Rocky and Creed franchises covers a broad spectrum of like style of movie. It's hard to compare, but anyway, continue. Yeah, um, some some real flaws in in the Creed Three plot. Like, I feel like the first two had pretty strong notes of realism and this one like they tried to keep the realism but also had some things that would never happen in real life like you know this dude that like came straight out of jail just automatically gets a title fight like it would never happen in any scenario um ever 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 um well i so, mean this like, is it, the this is it, the the plot of rocky one now <laughs> basically no but at least at least in rocky one he like he he you know was at least a professional fighter like he was around you know like this one, like the guy hadn't fought in I also years. just, I also just watched Creed, and I mean, the same shit happened in Creed One. <laughs> well, yeah, but 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 at least in this in that case, Adonis <laughs> had like the name, right? That was the whole point. He had the name, yeah, this like is true. you know. It, yes, it is a similar plot, but like there was, he always had on on paper some professional fights. Uh, <laughs> you know, he was what was he like seventeen to zero on paper or something like that. Yeah, I think it was like sixteen and 0, 15 wins being in Mexico. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it is what it is. Like, you know, the, to me, the the emotional heartstrings of the plot weren't as strong as as the first one, especially. Um, but it was it was a good watch. I think also part of it, I should have seen it in theaters first. Like, these movies got to be seen in theaters to, to get the full effect. I, I thought it was Michael, on demand or what? You you watched it on? Yeah, like I bought it, I bought it on streaming? Amazon. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean the fights. You can't. Yeah, it's not the same. If uh, just watching. Yeah. I, I thought I thought it was a good directorial debut by Michael B. Jordan. I thought he had some cool shots in there. Um, like I thought this that the part of the boxing match where they kind of zone everybody out and it's like just a cage, kind of like a cage brawl between like two two people that deeply know each other. That was kind of a cool concept. Um, yeah. So apparently Michael B is a huge anime fan for uh, you know all of you comic readers out there in Japan. So I think the elements of that he was kind of drawing, I think, from like what he sees in the shows. Um, but yes, yeah, so, uh, for me, it was a bit too much of a leap to do that with the fighting, but 
it was cool nonetheless. I kind of like I enjoyed this fucking like give me like ten rounds of boxing. Like I want to see like the up and downs of the rounds, and, like going back and forth, and like I don't know. But I understand they do that in every movie, so maybe they didn't need it as much in this one. Um, yeah, I mean, you haven't said it, but well, go go ahead. The lack of training montage is that what you're about to say? Well, the training, but I well no, I, no, I was gonna say the, the lack of Sylvester Stallone because of I mean, there's basically a, a dispute over control of the franchise that Sylvester Stallone refused to participate. It seems like, um, who, so who is, like the director. Who is taking control of the franchise now? Is it Michael B? Is it Ryan Coogler? What's the what's? Yeah, is it, I think it's Ryan Coogler who like refused to let him have it. I don't know, I'm like looking at, I mean, it's a screenplay by Keenan Coogler and Zach Balin, and then story by Ryan Coogler, Keenan Coogler, Zach Balin. Yeah. Now, now to be clear, Michael B. Jordan. Coogler directed the first one, right? No, so no, Stallone directed it, Coogler produced it, but it was written by another guy, like just some guy who, like, his dad and him loved watching the Rocky movies together, and his dad was. Um, fighting through cancer, and that's how he wrote the first movie. Um, I don't think he's been involved in Rocky in Creed two II or three. Um, and like to, honestly, like the the writing qualities, what's kind of dropped off the most in in, in Creed two II and three. Um, not to say they're bad, just like not as strong as as. I, it's the first good. One. I don't know. Yeah, I think they could. Yeah, I mean, this one was like very much like. I mean, obviously, like I just watched Creed one on the airplane from South Korea, so it's fresh in my mind. Uh, I mean that one just like they build in like natural emotional depth just like with like Rocky going through his sickness and like Adonis having like his own like personal issues trying to like come together with who he is and like that's like slowly built into something this one like it's all it's all it's perfectly said it's all like a slow burn into you you get little little drops the whole time to understand like in that first scene when you see him as a little kid fighting in, in, in jail you kind of like get like who he is to some degree right like and and that and then he's he's sneaking out from his mansion to to mexico to fight like you get that you get rocky is being rocky and being private and all this and like all the little layers peel back the entire movie the subtlety is just gone a little bit in, in two and three yeah yeah i'd give two a rewatch but yeah i mean like in three it's i think it, i i mean john the major is a is a great actor so like him had well, he, like he's done by the way he's done he's done wait he you said that or what no no like he just got arrested in new york for like really bad oh, domestic man. violence and i think oh, he's probably geez. done <laughs> oh, come on man uh, that fucks up the marvel universe too now ah, boy not good not good at all but yeah, well, see, he, he, he was good in the movie. He brings so much attention to like to the scenes. It's like almost like it like forces like like that feeling of like seriousness. One like it's like too soon to be so serious. Like I don't know. Like just I mean, he's supposed to be like a prison. Like just got a prison, so I guess he's supposed to like have like that like they, scary cloud around him. But they, they did a good. So it's like always hard with these movies to like. You have a guy who's like the world champion boxing, and like how do you make someone look intimidating to the world champion in boxing, right? And like. His gravity, Majors' gravity did that in this movie to me. Like, he, you're like, oh, wait, like Michael B is like, he's big, he's intimidating, and like, he has, he has nothing to lose, and Michael B has everything to lose, right? Like, you, you get that feeling the entire time. Did you feel like they, they aged him up too fast in this franchise? Like, he's already retired. Mm-hmm. 
like the third movie. Yeah, or already retired once, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I, th- I was thinking that was an odd decision as I was watching Creed 1 that, like, he was, like, already retired in Creed 3. I mean, like, they have, like, this old side plot with, like, his daughter getting into boxing. So, I don't know. I guess that's kind of going to come uh, in the long run, which kind of reminds me. I was thinking I, it can't really be done in reality for our league, but I feel like it'd be interesting if we had a season where it was, like, co-managers doing the teams. Like, we brought the, the 12 managers into, like, six teams, for example. EVTBBY um, rivals? <laughs> oh yeah, I got right. Yeah, <laughs> me, me and Bibsy are cleaning up. You and Bibsy, it would just be interesting, like if like both managers have to approve of a move. You know, like there would be like the kind of like bitter tension that could arise, like as teams try and like find ways to work together. Um, anyway, just something, for, something for I don't that'd be that'd be podcast. wild. That'd be wild. That'd be all right. That may be the solution, man. Just make two managers accountable for each other, and then. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, a six-team league is pretty stupid, but like, other than that, it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, something to play around with. But anyway, yeah, with the way his daughter's developing in the film, it's like she's going to be fighting in like the future films or something, or like. But like, yeah, I don't know. He's still too young to like be retiring. I don't know. It seems like for this franchise, but we'll see. Three, three, three's a good amount of movies. Do they, really, do they need to do a Creed Four, Creed Five, Creed Six? I know he probably doesn't want to. Do, well, well, by the way, which is also why it's stupid that they would have a fight over control of the franchise if they don't plan on doing a four, five, six, right? Like, why, why burn the bridge of Stallone over something that that petty? Um, yeah, like, but that's a good point. Like, maybe they do like a. It does make sense in today's world that the next one should be like, like how Muhammad Ali's daughter became a fighter, like. You know, maybe his daughter wants to be a fighter, and now he's struggling with the same thing that that his mother struggled with when he was coming up. You know, of of protecting your child versus you know letting them do this thing that they're great at. Yada yada yada. It'd be interesting. That was a, that was a strange death in this movie. It felt like kind of uncalled for to kill off Felicia Rashad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like his adopted mother, Apollo's yeah. original. Uh... Or I guess yeah, Apollo's wife, who's yeah. not his birth mother, but takes him in. Yeah, she yeah. gets knocked off. Hopefully, and he, we haven't spoiled Creed three for anybody. And he and he does he does this whole like spiel about how like her kids didn't ever accept him, and like we never met the kids. Like this is all things they could have built on in, in the in the plot where they're wasting time in other areas, in, in my opinion. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We spoke about all the flaws in the film, but I actually like enjoyed the f- the film itself. Like it, it, it stands mm-hmm. on its own and is good. And like the Bianca and like and Cree dynamic, like they have, they always have great chemistry on the screen. Um, yeah, it's like incredible. Actually, it's really good. It's really good. Amy liked the movie. Did Leanna like? I know you saw it with Leanna. Did she like it? She actually liked the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So so both of our wives liked the movie. It's a it's a family film. I guess. <laughs> Bizarrely, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Amy, Amy was kind of into it. I, I feel like she's seen enough parts of Creed, like the first one, because I've watched it on TV enough times that like she kind of knew what was going on, which I, I was kind of surprised by. Um, you know, but it was it, it turned out well. She yeah, she liked it. <sighs> nice. Well, how's the fire still going by you? That thing doesn't burn out. It's a gas fire pit. It's all gas. Okay. Yeah. No s'mores or nothing. You can make some. You can make s'mores on it. Um, yeah, like a wood one would be, would be better for like you get the smell. You, know, you don't get the smell here. I could probably get wood chips to put on top of this just to get the smell. Um, 
but like I'm lazy. Like I'm not gonna, you know, remember to go get dirt, like like get logs and stuff like that, and, and get wood, and you know, all the things you got to do. Maybe maybe down the future when there's less to deal with. But now I can just come out of here, turn the gas on, sit out here, and I'm happy. So I bought my uh, extension cord today, so I can sit out here with you with my laptop plugged in, and uh, yeah, it's a, I got a good setup. Getting a speaker for out here, uh, and uh, we're getting a gas line put in on Thursday. And then I'll buy my grill probably around Memorial Day weekend when the sales hit. And then we'll be, then, then we'll have a party. Yeah, yeah. Now you're getting a big boy grill. Okay. That's right. That's exciting. That's right. You can give Joey that little baby one you have. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got to teach her on the charcoal before she moves up to the, to the big boy, you know? <laughs> oh, nice. Right, look forward to some Memorial weekend barbecues. <sighs> All right, I think we covered everything on the rundown. You got anything else for today's pod? I, I got nothing else, and you got nothing else. So yeah, we we came, we saw, we conquered. All right, IP address one two season. You know, probably who knows that this will ever happen again in fantasy. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to both of us were on top. We we you know normally we're talking down on everyone, but now we were really talking down on everyone. So. Yeah, it was a good year. It was a good year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, your play backed up your talk once, Paul. Well done, well done. All right, so you know, let's uh, let's get some dates out for the managers' meeting. Uh, maybe I'll get the, the notes from the last managers' meeting in order <laughs> before then. Yeah, that'd be good. And I think you just used Garrett's uh, proposal as your notes, so maybe you actually uh, want to make a formal document. But... Perfect, perfect. Yeah. No, no pressure. Right. <laughs> Self-proclaimed vice deputy commissioner. Whatever, man. Whatever. The jealousy lives on. You could be champion, but you could never be the deputy commissioner, Ira. So uh, with that, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Adios.